Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Judy Sedgman, coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania now, and I'm here with my very dear friend and wonderful colleague, Christine. Christine Heath from Hilo, Hawaii. Yes. And um, today we're going to talk to you about uh, the difference between intelligence and being intelligent. And now you may say, well, there's no difference. But the thing is, we have a natural intelligence. We have something called wisdom that occurs to us when we need it. And when we call ourselves intelligent, what we're referring to is the intellect which is the storehouse of everything we've ever known. And it's a wonderful thing. I'm not going to knock the intellect. I'm an academic. I spent a lot of time, you know, going to college and studying and getting degrees and teaching people. And I'm not going to knock the intellect, but I'm going to say that once you know something, it's history. And you store it away and it's useful because, you know, it's like, if you have to do a math problem or you have to solve a science uh, um, issue or you have to go to a debate, you have to be able to pull from your intellect and use information that you have at hand to build your argument or construct your plan or whatever it might be. So we're not knocking the intellect. And I, and I always feel bad when people say, well, you people don't believe in being smart or having an intellect. And that's not true. But there's a big difference between the intellect being a servant to your uh, life and the intellect running your life. And when the intellect is running our life, we're always operating from the already known. we're We're not getting new ideas. We're not coming up with fresh answers to problems. We're not, you know, having sudden insights that clarify things that are troubling to us. We're just going over and over the things that we've thought of before or that other people have told us. So coming to a realization that there's a time and a place, so to speak, for the intellect, and then this natural intelligence is something we can always count on in the present moment to bring us something fresh and new, to energize us, to turn our heads in a new direction where we start looking at something that's never occurred to us before, uh, all of these things that, that make life re- refreshing and exciting and thrilling. And when you get so proud of yourself because you saw something you never saw before and suddenly you know how to do something you didn't think you could do or, you know, it's really, it's where all the joy comes in those moments of discovery. And then, you know, after you discover it, it joins its friends in the intellect because you now you know that. But the whole idea of learning, of living a lifelong learning uh, is always wanting to see what's going to come up, to look in the direction of your natural and deeper intelligence and seeing what comes up. So that's what we want to talk to you about today. You know, one, one of the things that occurred to me one day when I was sitting back and kind of 
I had a couple of clients that were trying so hard to not think. (laughs) They were so busy-minded. And I thought, what is it about us that we get so caught up in our thinking? Like, why do human beings do that? And I thought, I I just don't know. And, And all of a sudden, what popped in my head was, oh, because it seems like your, intel, your, your, your intellect has an intelligence to it. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's so true. It's like when, my, when thoughts come in my head, it's like, this is God speaking. You are stupid. <gasps> oh, that's right. I forgot. You know, there's a way that a thought comes in your head. They're ridiculous thoughts, right? But you follow them because it doesn't seem like it's well, I guess because we don't really understand how thought works. So one of the things that occurred to me was that every thought that comes in our head is a little bit like having your own personal Siri. <laughs> and so right, Siri is, pro- is a programmed artificial intelligence that's programmed by somebody. Okay. And you're the one that programmed yours. Right. And so everything that's in your memory is how you saw life, how you thought about it you know, the experiences that you've had, it's all you, but it's what you've already experienced, right? There's, there's not no ability in, with, in your intellect to come up with that um, new thought that you've never had before. Now, we all know that we get them. So that has to come from something deeper. And that's what you're talking about, Judy, that the intelligence that we are connected to is the intelligence of all things. So when we were talking about doing this, what occurred to me was it's kind of Siri versus God. You know, (laughs) it's like, who are you listening to? You're listening to Siri tell you stuff that it's been programmed to, to, to think by you. So it looks real to you. Or are you going to listen for a new thought that comes from the energy that creates all things that you're a part of, the life force? And that intelligence is the intelligence of of nature, the intelligence of the universe, if you will. But it's it's you know when you look at life, it's there's such a perfection to it. It's kind of unbelievable. But to me, that's like you know there's an intelligence greater than you. But we get really caught up listening to our own personal intelligence, especially if you're a little bit smart, yeah. right? Your thinking works so well, you think, oh, my, this is great. Oh, yeah, tell me another thing I know. You know, and you're, you're just like listening to yourself thinking. So when you get in a low mood, what comes out is all your negative thoughts. And then you think, oh, that's true. Oh, because you thought it before, not because there's anybody telling you this is a true thought. And we have these thoughts that are, that are just kind of off the wall sometimes. You know, like I could not remember if I sent my nephew and my daughter-in-law their birthday cards from July because we had gone over in in May and I brought everybody's cards and gave it to them in real time. But then I couldn't remember if I went ahead in time or if I just went back in time. I started thinking about it. I was like, did I give it to him? I think I gave it to him. Oh, I better buy a card because maybe I did and I forgot about it. (laughs) and it was terrible so I finally had to text my nephew and say did I give you your birthday present because I can't remember 
And he said, oh, yeah, Auntie, you gave me the card. I said, oh, because I thought I had, right? But I just was insecure about trusting that memory. So, you know, like sometimes I have thoughts that I've done something and I haven't done them. Sometimes I have thoughts I did do something, like you could ask Debbie, my the person that manages my business, and she'll tell you frequently, I told you, I told her to do something, and she said, you never told me to do that. <laughs> so I mean, I'm telling on myself now, but, you know, everybody does this to X degree. We forget things. We, we can't remember where we put things. And the in, our intelligence that's from that life force isn't about the details. It's not remembering things. It's seeing life from a new place. And then you see it differently. When your intellect is going, you're just kind of going over what you already know. So people are searching for happiness, which has nothing to do with the content of your memory. Nothing. But that's where we're looking for it. And that's why people keep trying to figure out, how do I stop thinking? How do I quiet down? How do I get a good feeling? And that's just getting that intellect going and if you haven't felt that way much there's not going to be any answers there you know it's funny that you when you said people go back you know to their memory I was thinking when I was in college I had a friend who in freshman year she started dating this guy he was really cute but he was a gambler and he had a really bad gambling habit and you know she when she realized that she broke up with him because it was you know it was it was just difficult for her but she really liked him and he was cute and he was, you know, had a lot of good qualities. So sophomore year, she comes back to school and starts dating him again. And, and so I remember my roommate and I sat, sat her down and said, why are you doing this? You know, it's a new year. It's a fresh start. You could meet new people. You know, it's the beginning of the year. Why did you go back to him? She said, well, we had a lot of fun. And all summer I kept thinking about the fun we had. And I was thinking, well, maybe the fun outweighs the problems. And I thought that we do that, you know, in business, we do that in personal relationships. We go back into our intellect and we pull out, you know, the, depending on the mood we're in, we pull out the good times and we return to situations that maybe we need to use some more common sense about, or we pull out the bad times and we overreact. You know, that we, because if we're just going back in time and picking, picking and choosing, it's like picking books down from the shelf. You know, I'm going to read this one again, but I'm not going to read this one. And, and that's not the same as sitting quietly and listening for a new idea, listening for wisdom, listening for a deeper insight into what's going to work for you. And I wish I'd known that when I was younger because I really didn't. I mean, I, I had enough common sense to realize my friend was throwing her life away, which she ultimately did because she married the guy and then he blew their entire savings and everything they had in, in their house and she lost everything and it was tough. But I can tell you that I didn't have the common sense to be able to say where that comes from. You know, so we, we, we were in the habit of giving advice. You know, my roommate and I were always giving people advice because <laughs> we, we did have common sense. Everybody has common sense and we were happy to share it. I'm sure people just loved it. <laughs> but, but um, you know, I, if I'd only known to be able to say, you know, you don't need to listen to us. You need to listen to you. 
because the intelligence, that's the other aspect of this intelligence, is that it's universal. Everybody has it, whether they're in touch with it or not. It's one of those things that it doesn't matter whether you're accessing it or not. It's like the, it's like those um, fountains that bubble. You know, as soon as you pull the cork, the bubbles start again because the bubbles are always there waiting. And that's how the intellect is. It's uh, it, the intellect can drown out, you know, as the cork that you can plug the plug the new ideas. But as soon as that cork is released, they just bubble up again. As soon as your mind quiets, those ideas bubble up again. As soon as you look there, instead of looking back into the intellect, you get insights. And how you can tell that you're getting an insight is that it comes with a really nice feeling. You know, it comes with a, an aha kind of feeling. Like, oh, yeah. Ah, oh, I see. Or like, oh, my gosh, I wish I would have thought of that yesterday. You know? But but you know when you think of it that it's good, that it's helpful, that it's something that you're you're glad you saw. And those the, those are the ideas that make life um, really fun, you know, and then makes us fearless. Is when we get a good idea like that, we're not afraid to follow it. Yeah, you know, it, it's also what as you're talking, what what I what I'm thinking about is that we in memory we also have thoughts about ourselves. Oh, yeah. And those are the ones that get us the worst, right? Those are the, that one of my client, one of our clients calls it the God thoughts. You know, it's like, this is God speaking. Don't forget you're stupid, you know? <laughs> and, and like, oh, how, it, um, I had one client who said that she's always feeling guilty. So she kind of obsessively prays that God will make her a good person because she thinks she's a bad person. And, and I said to her, I said, well, you know, that's, you think that you're different? She goes, well, I'm Catholic. And I'm <laughs> saying, oh, well, that explains everything. She goes, you know, at Catholics, we're all, we always feel guilty about everything because we're bad and we just have to wait, you know, hopefully we, you know, confess our sins so we can go to heaven. I said, well, how about if we, if we started instead of thinking that way, because that's just in your memory, but it doesn't mean that it's true or that it's a good thought or that it has any kind of, intelligence behind it but you can observe that thought like you just told me about it so you can see that and then you can decide to let it go or to do something about it but the intelligence that determines that isn't from your intellect so it's like asking siri a question and she gives you an answer and you know the answer is absolutely wrong you don't follow that you know like it says take a left at the next corner and you drive into the ocean well you're not going to go drive in the ocean because siri tells you that but people do that with their own thinking right they think like oh um i need to uh keep losing weight till i die like that thought looks like a good idea to them because they don't step back and say like oh that's just my little computer malfunctioning right now it's just throwing out a thought that's not really based on truth. It's just kind of putting stuff together the way I programmed it in. And sometimes it comes out a little nutty. I'll let that go. Thank you very much. Yeah. But because we give our intellect so much credibility, we think that we're right all the time. And that's a really a kind of, I think that's, don't you think that's kind of a function of consciousness? It takes what you 
think and then makes it seem real so that you'll do something with it one way or the other. Right. It's almost like consciousness colluding with the intellect when the intellect is running the show. Right. But really it's for us to be able to see like, okay, better check this thought out. And because it creates a bad feeling with it when it's coming from an unhealthy state of mind. Right. And that's kind of like, you know, your um, signal that, A, wake up, pay attention. Like, you know, it's a little bit like, you know, when, you know, you get in one of those big jets, right? And the, the pilot is, you got two pilots up there, I guess, in case someone the one, the other one. But really, the computer runs the plane. The computer, you know, takes the plane off, lands the plane, and does all of that. The, the pilots do very little unless something goes wrong. Then you want someone with intelligence deciding what to do and not totally trusting the computer because the computer might be malfunctioning. In fact, you know those planes that went down like that? That's what happened is that the pilots were only trusting the computer. Yes, right. And there was something wrong there and the plane crashed. But that's kind of like when you're going through your life, you don't want your computer running your life. You've got to like pay attention. Like in a lot of ways, it's great. It helps you do mathematics and it helps you remember where your house is when you go home. And it helps you remember if you gave your nephew a, a, a birthday <laughs> or not, you know, but it's not flawless. It makes a lot of errors. Yeah, and, and also, I think the more insecure we are and the more frantic we are for an answer, the more we get wrong answers from the intellect. It's like the intellect is also kind of responsive to our state of mind because we lose our own judgment and we get, you know, it's like flailing around, you know, like I had an experience. I've just recently moved and I'm still unpacking and there are boxes everywhere. And there were a lot more boxes a few days ago. And I had ordered a grocery delivery because I'm now living in this city and that's what people do because we don't have cars and drive to the grocery store. And I needed the phone to let the grocery person into the door because the front door is electronic and they have to ring a bell and then you open your phone to the app and you can open the door for them if they're who they should be. And I couldn't find my phone. And I knew the grocery person was going to come within five or six minutes. I can expect this grocery person. And I'm frantically looking all over the house now. I, it's a very small place that I've moved into. It's, it's, there are not that many places. There are not that many surfaces. But there were a lot of boxes and things around. And I'm looking at every surface. And I must have looked at every surface 15 times. Well, you know, you, you look at the few surfaces you have. And if the phone's not there, it's not going to show up there. <laughs> and it took me a minute. I had to sit down and get quiet. And suddenly I thought it must have slipped down behind a box. So where was I last unpacking a box? And it was in the bedroom and I went in the bedroom and moved the box and there was the phone. But honestly, I wasted a lot of time looking fruitlessly at the wrong place because that's what my intellect was telling me. Well, look again, you missed it. Look again, you missed it. You must have missed it. It's got to be here. You know, instead of asking myself, well, where is it in a place where it's full of boxes that you've been unpacking? Where's the phone likely to be (laughs) if you can't see it? So that that just always astounds me how we can get so caught up in the intellect that we it doesn't even dawn us. Like, you know, that's where that saying came from, that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It's really true. That's what we do when we keep looking in the intellect. If, if we're going to find it, it'll be there the first go around. 
So, so you can kind of see too that why we do this podcast called Psychology Has It Backwards. Yeah. Because it's all about the intellect with people in psychology. You're analyzing your thinking, right? You make up the thinking and then you pay somebody to analyze it, which I think is very interesting. <laughs> and I did that myself. That I thought was hilarious. And then you're changing your thinking, which you all, it's like the computer spews out this thinking and then you're going to change it after you thought it. So it's all about changing your intellect rather than seeing that you are more than your intellect. Right. Because that's your freedom. Otherwise, you're chained by however you programmed it. I know for a lot of people, that's not that good. Yeah. It's, it really it helps with your self-esteem to remember that it's just you thinking. It's just a thought. It's not, there's no truth in it. There's no life to it. That's why I always refer to that our, our, our intellect as the dead thought cemetery because you have a thought right in life, you think it, and then it goes into memory. You have a thought, it goes into memory. But we're not like paying attention yeah. to what we're collecting. Right. Like, I, I had this, my husband and I were carting my family around Hawaii and this car flipped right in front of us on this mountain road in, in Kona. And um, the car flipped and then started coming back towards us. And my husband was driving, right? And so we were able to stop. The car fell over, so it didn't hit us or anything. We got out and helped the, um, helped the driver. We got back in. And my husband had a car accident, really bad one when he was 19. And we're driving. He goes, wow, that was pretty scary. And I said, don't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I let it go right now. Do not think about this again. And he's really good. He listens to me. And he did. And he didn't have any effect of it. But most people don't know that, right? Most people, like, start thinking about it. And then it gets more real and more real. And then it gets like, oh, my God, I almost died. So it goes to the top of the memory bit. Mm-hmm. But it's just memory. It's not what's happening now. Now, you know, you touch a hot stove and you remember, like, oh, don't t- touch hot stoves again. But... So the intellect has its place. We do have to remember things. But it's not the source of happiness. And trying to find out how to be healthy or happy by going to your intellect is going to be a waste of time and very hopeless, creates a hopelessness. Even if you try to think about times you were happy before because you want to be happy in the present moment. Mm -hmm. We never recreate the past. We're always creating the present. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't need your memory to create the present. You just need peace of mind and access to the beautiful intelligence of all things. That's right. And that's a beautiful, intelligent way to end the episode. All right. Well, it was great being with you again, and we'll see you next time. Uh, And meanwhile, take care of yourselves. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. Aloha. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 